0: back to the Matt Mosley Show. The presenting sponsor of the Matt Mosley Show is Central National Bank, your leading independent bank, with locations in Waco, Temple, and Austin. Also sponsored by Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep Ram, Barnett Contracting, Helberg Barbecue, Jim Turner Chevrolet, Myatt Fuels, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop, Versalift Southwest, Time Manufacturing, and UBO Business Services. And now here's Matt Mosley. It is is Matt Mosley, the Matt Mosley Show, and uh, joined now by Kyle Yeomans from the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, Kyle, I hope you've had time to recover three straight days <laughs> of draft. I hope you. Uh, oh my gosh, we've got we've got music for you. Jeez, that was, that was we got very dramatic there. Kyle, did you? Uh, uh, did you hear all those uh, sponsors? I just thought those would bring back memories for a native son of, uh, of, of McLennan County in Waco to hear Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop, yep. one of the great sandwiches in all of America. Does that kind of bring a, a smile to you when you hear all those wonderful uh, places dotted across Central Texas?
1: Man, you're so right, because, I mean, I spent my first 18 years of life in in Waco, went to Midway, graduated from Midway, and still, I mean, my family lives in the area. I'm sure a couple of them probably listening at the moment, but yeah, uh, always a soft spot spot for Waco, which was cool to see a couple of Waco natives go in this year's draft, too, and, and really get to the next level, so yeah, glad to to be on with you. And, and I have gotten a little bit of rest, but I also get married on Sunday. So uh, it's very oh short-lived rest <laughs> between draft weekend this past weekend and then heading into the wedding this weekend.
0: Man, congratulations on that. My gosh, that is a big weekend. <laughs> Getting married on uh, Sunday, man, I tell you, I'll try to think of – I have any good advice for you I, 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 yeah, but that's exciting, I'm very, very thrilled for you, and uh yeah, I think I've seen photos of you guys, probably engagement mm-hmm. photos, and just in my mind, you guys were already married, so great man that's that is uh that is exciting, so you had to take a break from wedding plans and final final you know finalizing things to do the draft, and boy, you all did it wall to wall, in fact, I was listening even in the seventh round, there was something y'all had to get to and like you were like, I I'm hoping we get the seventh pick in at the last minute of the coverage the other day. And I was trying to figure out why you had to why you had to like stop the coverage or something. But I gotta ask you, on those first on those last, starting with the fourth round, any of those picks, the Vaughn thing we'll talk about. Now that was mm-hmm. heartwarming stuff. But let's leave him aside. Any of these other picks that were guy that were you kind of pump your fist a little bit uh like oh, i love that kind of last you know third day type pick and and by the way feel free to say if you were kind of scratching your head on all of those picks
1: yeah no there were a couple of names in there that i think were were curveballs uh, that most notably the last pick the south carolina receiver uh i thought was a, a little bit out of left field for us and and we hadn't really seen him specifically but uh, certainly excited to see what he can bring to the table. I think that was really the case of, of throwing a flyer on a guy like Jalen Brooks and, and putting him out there uh, because they didn't want to fight for him in, in undrafted free agency. But uh, two two names that I, I definitely did pump my fist for a little bit. The first one was the, the fourth-round pick in Junior Fehoko, Billy Ame Fejoko from South, or excuse me, San Jose State, he has some inside-outside flex on the defensive line. He's cousins with Vita Vea, who's, of course, the star defensive tackle for Tampa Bay. His tape is electric. He was the defensive uh, lineman of the year in the Mountain West. It really showed that he can play three technique. He can rush the passer off the edge. He's got some some juice to him. And I, I pumped my fist a little bit because I talked with Dan Quinn last week about Fejoko. And the defensive coordinator told me, he said, I don't know if we're going to pick him. I don't know where we would pick him. Uh, but I, I just really believe that he's going to be a next-level player at the NFL. He thinks he's going to be an impact player, and I think he was very excited. Uh, and I haven't gotten the chance to talk to Dan since the pick, but I, I'm sure he's just over the moon about what Fehoko can bring to the table. Uh, outside of the bond pick, I think Eric Scott, the corner from, from Southern Miss, uh, is really exciting because they, they had their eyes on him from the get-go. But I think the best value of the day was going and getting awesome Richards uh, in, the, in the fifth round and, and being able to make that selection. The North Carolina Tar Heel, the offensive tackle who will probably slide inside and play some guard. You talk about somebody that's only 21 years old, 22 years old, very young in the grand scheme of things, But he had 1,500 snaps and only three sacks allowed at the collegiate level, playing against good competition in the ACC, Power 5 competition as well. And I really like the strength, the length, uh, what they got with him. I had him as my 106th player, so the fact that they got him where they did I think was just phenomenal value and something that uh, the Cowboys hit a home run on. That would probably be the best value pick, but I think both Richard's And then Feyhoko are going to be impact players at some point, even as soon as their rookie season.
0: Wow, that's interesting. Richards could step in. They need a left guard. There's Mm -hmm. talk over the over the you know that maybe Tyler Smith would play inside there um, and move inside and play left guard at the start of the season. They'd love to keep him at tackle, it is interesting because some of those players that we're talking about as possibly developing type players that they've drafted in the past, I don't think – I have a hard time buying it when they say, oh, yeah, well, let's go, and whoever the other guy is, ball. Yeah, they're coming along great. Mm-hmm. I don't get that sense, Kyle, that, that oh, yeah, those guys are – one of those players is ready to step in and play. So I do think trying to create depth – on the O-line is a major thing because it was nice when they had a, a great young swing tackle in Terrence. But, boy, you need, you, you know, you need these guys to be starters now. So I, yeah. I would say that's the, that might be the biggest area of concern uh, after having a really nice offseason, still that O-line. Do you feel that same way?
1: Yeah, I I do to a certain extent. I think you have a good problem right now is is the fact that you have three gentlemen that you feel comfortable with starting at tackle. Uh, You have Tyler Smith, Tyron Smith, and Terrence Steele. The problem is you, you haven't had any sort of luck the last three seasons. Since Mike McCarthy has been here, there has been some sort of revolving door on the offensive line. In 2020, it was multiple names going down, and you had to fill in the gaps where need be. 2021 was probably where you had the best success in terms of health up front. But even then, Connor Williams missed a couple of games. You had to kind of fill in for Tyler Biotis toward the end of the season. Uh, and, and even uh, Terrence Field, of course, in 2022 with Tyron Smith both going down. You really had to, to shift things on the offensive line. So I think for the most part, there is a concern on depth. And you mentioned Matt Waletzko. They are excited about him. Coming back from injury and, and heading into year number two, I think there's a lot of growth that has been had there behind the scenes that Cowboys fans haven't had a chance to look at yet and probably won't uh, until we get to OTAs and we get into to training camp. That'll probably be the first step of the process of seeing Matt Walesko earn some snaps, uh, whether it be on the outside or the inside. Uh, but I think you're you're warranted in wanting depth because Josh Ball hasn't shown it. Uh, you don't know what you have with Chuma Idoga, the, the guard that they went out and signed this off season. You don't know what you have with this rookie class with awesome Richards coming in and you're hoping that he turns into something, but again, he's a day three pickup. So the depth, at least on paper, doesn't look great, but they do feel better about it. Now getting a guy with the value that Richards brings later in the draft. And then I think they can kind of start plugging some holes and. Filling in the guys they feel comfortable with, but also doing it in a smart way to where they could stay healthy throughout the remainder of the year.
0: Kyle Yeoman's days away from getting married, joining the Matt Mosley <laughs> Show, ESPN Central Texas. I'm glad I didn't text you on your honeymoon or something. I would have been very upset had you I would actually have responded. The phone anyways, for you, Matt, don't worry, I would have answered. <laughs> that's, that's very kind. Dallas Cowboys uh, TV host and reporter, and of course, a native son from right down the road at uh, Midway. I won't ask you about the depth on the Midway, although they lost one of their coaches. You see that? The uh, defense coordinator uh, ends up over at university, uh, will be the university head coach. Yeah, so that'll be kind of interesting to see how that plays out. Okay, on the Cowboys, I wanted to get your take on this tight end. Luke Schoonmaker, some people love him. Some people, you know, didn't have a ton of production, didn't have a ton of numbers, and so some people see him, hey, this is going to be a developing type player, Dalton Kincaid gets picked a few picks before, and of course he put up incredible production, and I remember in one of those bowl games or something, or maybe it was the Pac-12 championship game, I don't know, he got targeted like 19 times, right, and Mm -hmm. had like 16 or 17 catches, so I was excited about him to a certain extent, and then this Michael uh, Mayer out of Notre Dame gets taken about three picks after Schoonmaker, where were you on mm-hmm. the tight end? Were you fine with that pick? Were you a little surprised? Were you more of a, a Meyer person than Schoonmaker? Mm-hmm. Where did you fall on that?
1: So uh, I had, the, this was the order of the guys that I had ranked that went before the Cowboys picked at 58. It was it was Dalton Kincaid who went at 25th overall to Buffalo. Buffalo actually jumped Dallas thinking that Dallas would have taken Dalton yeah. Kincaid with their 26th pick. But uh, that was not on the table. Mozzie Smith was going to be the selection. They had a conversation about maybe taking Matthew Bergeron, the offensive lineman from Syracuse, but they went with Mozzie Smith at 26. Kincaid wasn't on the board in terms of that specific selection, but then they felt good about where their board lied going into day two. They had Sam Laporta, who was their top tight end, followed by Michael Mayer, both still available, and neither one of those guys made it anywhere close to the 58th overall pick. So. Yeah. I think fans, for the most part, were frustrated because it looked like it was a panic selection. Uh, we needed a tight end. Go get a tight end. And they finally found one with Schoonmaker. But that's not the case. They, they have a lot of confidence here. And I actually talked with Linda Wells uh, on Saturday about the selection. And he said, man, I'm excited about what he brings because he is a mauler. He wants that physicality. He wants to go up and hit somebody. He wants to pave the way for a team that likes to run the football. And what has Mike McCarthy said all offseason long about his strategy in this team, he wants to run the ball. And, and so this is a good step in the right direction of doing that. Now is, are there areas of his game that could see a step up? Absolutely. But Dallas felt like there was a steep drop off after Luke Schoonmaker in this tight end class. They didn't feel as comfortable waiting until the third round addressing a need because they do have two young tight ends. They have confidence in with Jake Ferguson, who they took in the fourth last year. And then Peyton Hendershot, who they signed as an undrafted free agent last year. They like both of those tight ends. They needed somebody to come in and step up. That would be a step above those guys. And they believe Schoonmaker can be that as early as 2023. And I, I believe them in that case, because if you would have told me where those guys rank between 2022's draft class and 2023, I would have had Schoonmaker, about both of those guys he's a good pick and a value at 58 that I, I think Cowboys nation just has to get used to before they really dive in on the player
0: yeah and he played behind some pretty good players one of those guys I mm-hmm. recognize maybe on the Cowboys roster uh, at, uh, at at Michigan so you have to kind of keep that in mind now mm-hmm. with the third pick uh, the, or the third round for the, the uh, Cowboys, Overshone is uh, a player that a lot of people know from the University of Texas. I think the knock on him yeah. is that that Sam Linebacker spot might not be quite big enough. Um, can he hold up to the – I mean, he was a playmaker – And I mean, I Mm -hmm. think Lewis Riddick on TV got so excited over that pick. I mean, he was just really ecstatic over that pick. But for for the at first, I mean, is he a guy you see as being more of like a special teams at first, trying to work him in, or is this also an immediate like a uh, you know an an impact player? uh, You -hmm. think is that how they view him?
1: I think he will play special teams just because of the build. I mean, he's six foot three, two hundred and thirty pounds. So having him and his length and his speed running down f- field, I think, will be really exciting for John Fossil and that special teams unit. But I do believe he rotates in. Now is he gonna start above Leighton vanderash and Demone Clark? Probably not. He'll be used in certain formations, he'll be used in certain schemes and situations just because of how much he is a Dan Quinn guy. I think I'm I'm more excited about Overshone's selection than maybe any other in the entire draft class because mm. when I, I first watched him and I tapped him as one of my early pet cats is what we like to call it in the draft world, somebody that you just you feel like would fit. You feel like even though other people might not be as high on him, you just think he's going to work out. And, and that was him for me because of what Dan Quinn has done with players of his body type and with his skill set, speed, length, agility. He's got all three of those. And also not to mention, he started his collegiate career as a safety. So he has the coverage ability, but then you have you have a body that looks like an edge rusher. It, the biggest question, I think, for a lot of teams is where do you put him? Where does he fit? Because he, he doesn't really look like a linebacker. He looks like an edge rusher, but he covers like a safety. So where do you fill him in? But who better to, to find a spot for him specifically than Dan Quinn, who has done it with guys like Micah Parsons, and he's done it with J. Ron Curse, and he's found a rhythm for, with, for, with both of those guys. I think DeMarvion Overshone is, is kind of a mix in between. So while he may not be an impact player initially, I think he'll be in the rotation, and then they will utilize him quite a bit on the special team side of things. I think this is a fun pick, and I think another opportunity for Dan Quinn to really mold the player into a skill set that he believes he can get to.
0: Is this Jerry's grandson? Where Jerry brought him up? Said they were like locker buddies or something at University of Texas. <laughs> Paxton yep, Anderson. Yep, pa- there, Paxton there, was Anderson. some, there was some concern out there that Jerry was leaning too much on the on the grandkids. And of course, then then later in the draft, the uh, someone from their scouting department they took his son, mm-hmm. uh, which ended up being a really neat moment. And uh, I think even before they took him. The thought of Deuce Vaughn, I don't know if he's five, 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 six, whatever he measured it, you might know mm-hmm. because you five, follow five. all the 5'5". Five, five. Yep. I mean, that is, that is tiny, but mm-hmm. we've seen these tiny guys like Sproles is the one we always go back to uh, originally yep. because he was so great from K-State. This guy was at K-State. We just know how incredibly productive he was. Who was the guy at, at, at OU? You know, several, you Quentin Griffins, who I'm thinking about. Yep. And he would just uh-huh. kind of bunker down and hide behind offensive linemen and just bounce out there and was incredibly productive. Um, is Deuce Vaughn's best chance of making this team? I mean, they already have that young, you know, the uh, return guy they got from the USFL. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. what, do you, what do you think about Deuce's future? How do you, how do you see him uh, best, having a best shot at making the team?
1: I, I think he's got to find a rhythm in terms of special teams early on because he is a sixth-round pick, and there are some physical limitations to his game. But for anybody that's out there thinking that the Cowboys got soft on on Deuce Vaughn, uh, that's not the case. I mean, this was a guy – I had a fifth-round grade on Deuce, uh, and, and it was even beforehand, before even seeing who he was related to. I remember I went to AT&T Stadium, K-State, played their season opener in 2021 against the Stanford Cardinal at AT&T. I went to that game just as a fan. We got some tickets from from the the organization. They said, have have fun, go after it. I, I love college football, so I will always take a chance to go at it. But I went to that game, and I kept looking up and seeing number 22 making plays. And I was like, who is this cat? No pun intended with him being an actual K-State Wildcat, yeah. but who is this guy? And all of a sudden I'm like, wow, he's a draft prospect for next year. Let me go watch some more tape. And man, he was one of my favorite film studies to watch. And then of course, going into his final year, that was when I learned that he was related to Chris Vaughn and Chris, he is so well-respected among Cowboys employees, media, really the entire scouting world. He is, he is top of the top. He is the salt of the earth. One of the best guys you'll ever meet. So the fact that they kind of both, he, he has the on-field production. He led the FBS in all-purpose yards last year. Uh, and then you also talk about the intangibles that he picks up from a coach and a scout as his dad, who's just one of the best people you you meet. You know it's a home run pick. And, and the Cowboys got around to their sixth round, and it, it just so worked out that they missed out on other running back prospects. They talked about the Devon A. chains. They talked about Roshan Johnson. They talked about, Uh, maybe even a Chris Rodriguez from Kentucky, but they never got to the point where they could take one of the running backs. They really liked. So what happened? They, they, they let, they let Chris Vaughn leave the room and they talked about it. They said, is this a legitimate possibility? And they, they, I think it was a resounding, yes, let's do it. Let's turn in the card. Let's get a playmaker and find a way to utilize him on offense while also seeing him play an impact on special teams. Now, training camp is going to be important because it will be a battle. And that's going to be one of the highlighted battles, I think, between Cavante Turpin and uh, a Deuce Vaughn, because there's only so many spots on the roster for guys like that. Whoever comes out of training camp and Oxnard with a, a better couple of weeks might be who's on your roster heading into 2023.
0: All right. Pass along for me, if you would. Uh, I don't know how often you see this Aisha morrison but that was good man she Mm -hmm. she brought great info and really kept uh brought us on his on his feet there and and uh i i like uh boy liked her work a lot and i was very impressed so please pass that along and uh and tell bill jones as y'all continue to produce things together that Mm -hmm. lake highlands has an opening now at head coach uh based on some news that happened the other day with our ad head coach at lake highlands and that uh we're eyeing South Lake Carroll candidates, okay? Just tell Ooh. him we may uh, <laughs> just he's to scare not him. Like I, that very much. No, I'm not. I don't even know if that's true at all. I, I just want to scare <laughs> him a little bit, okay? Because I'll make he's, sure of course, relay that. Yeah, always looking for any South Lake Carol uh, connection or anything in in all his uh, commentary. Oh and, man! Uh, yeah, he comes on I'm with us quite a bit.
1: I'm going to tell him that. Heading into our show on Friday, we're filming on Friday this week. I'm going to tell him that, and he's gonna, and I'm going to put it on Twitter, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna tag you just off of his reaction. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to, I'm going to film the whole thing. I'm gonna be like, hey, do you hear Riley Dodge is uh, is talking with, with Lake Highlands at possibly being their head coach? Just see what he says, and then, and then I'll tag you on the on Twitter.
0: Uh... I know. Somebody, you know people will take that seriously though. We'll get in trouble or something. But yeah, that would be that would be very funny, but uh well, listen, it and by the way, that uh, the guy going over to Highland Park was a former uh, Central Texas guy. Uh yeah, he in was. uh in Lonnie, yeah, and uh and so it Lonnie Jordan, of course. So it go it comes full circle. All right, well, listen, congratulations. Best wishes. Very exciting about your upcoming nuptials and I uh, hope that goes incredibly well. Friday seems like a little too close to your wedding to be doing a show <laughs> with Bill. I think I'd let Bill handle that. You focus on the wedding, but uh, you all have a tremendous weekend, and I really appreciate you being on.
1: Yeah, of course. Anytime you ever need me, always love talking to Central Texas and talking with you, Matt. Appreciate you as always.
0: There he goes, Kyle Yeomans from Midway High School and now with the Dallas Cowboys. Good to have him on and uh, to get to uh, visit with him about all these Cowboys picks.